welcome to the Listen In Podcast, the only music podcast by music listeners for music listeners. That's you have right. your, your hosts here, Jake and Sean, coming How's it at going, you. Everybody? We're on episode 93. We have a, a lighter episode, I think, than normal, Jake. Not too much news, not a ton to talk about. We're going to talk Eminem and his uh, vicious freestyle and takedown of Donald Trump. We're going to talk about the new album from Wolf Parade and just kind of talk about how there hasn't been anything that great come out recently. Yeah, it's going to be a light episode, Yeah, um, but it's a momentous occasion nonetheless, Sean, because we continue our march toward 100. We're getting really close. Here we are at episode um, 93 in 1993, Sean. Mm -hmm. What what albums came out? Here are some albums for you. You got Doggy Style by Snoop Dogg. Oh, in Utero by uh, Nirvana, Enter the Wu-Tang Clan, uh, Midnight Marauders by Tribe Called Quest, big year for for rap, Siamese mm. Dream, Smashing mm-hmm. Pumpkins, you got Cypress Hill dropping an album, <laughs> Blur put out Modern Life is Rubbish, Depeche Mode with Songs of Faith and Devotion, Liz Fair with Exiling Guyville, and the premiere album, the debut album from uh, Radiohead, Pablo Honey, no 93. Shit. No shit. Interesting. So, 93 in, in history here, in U.S. history, if there's going to be a year in the 90s that was kind of tumultuous or had a lot of bad shit happen, it's actually 93. That's really interesting. Because you know what we were saying before when we talked about 90, 91, 92? We were like, oh, nothing really happened in the 90s. Like, there's not that much to talk about history-wise. Yeah. A 90, decade. 93 is the year where it's like, ooh, that was maybe there 2017. Or the, you think, yeah, or like the 1968. It was the 68, it was the 2017, et cetera. So here's what happened Bill Clinton inaugurated as, as president. Um, truck bomb explodes in the parking garage under the World Trade Center in New York City. Now, Jake, you being the kind of 9 11 buff World Trade Center guy that you are, you knew that already. I knew it was coming. Yeah, yeah I knew when we were talking 93 in history before we started <laughs> recording this podcast, and you'll hear it if you listen to the after show. I was like, yeah, I don't really know anything that happened it's in like, 93. Oh, no, you do. I was like, oh no, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, I do. I know one thing. Yeah. Um, and I, I actually forget how many people died in that attack. I don't. Six people. It was so not. Injured over a thousand, though. This, no, that goes under the radar a, a little bit. Thousand casualties, Jake. So when there are um, injuries, yeah. I feel like that's something that. Like a thousand injuries is no small thing. No, no, no. That could be anything from you lost limbs to like you got a bloody nose or like. Right. I wonder you know, what the like the cutoff is. I don't know. Yeah. What is an injury considered? It's a good question. And does that take into account like mental trauma? I wonder if we're speaking PTSD. too lightly of the 93 uh, World Trade Center. Maybe we are. Well, the thing is, it's like, up like the World Trade. And here's the thing. Yeah. That's what Biggie was referencing. And I think now younger fans probably think he likes 9 11. Yeah. But the thing is, is like. People already make 9-11 jokes, which like you know have yeah. been for years people, now. People do, yeah. It's not it's not a a necessarily uh, in good taste right. act, right, right, right. But I think it's probably we have enough removed from the ninety three bombings to. Yeah, I think. I, yeah, I right? think so. I think so. Yeah, I know, listeners, I get out. Twenty four years ago. Is it too early to be uh, you know sort of flip about the ninety three World Trade Center bombings? I, you t- you tell us. Tell us if we're being problematic here. Here's here's another one. The Branch Davidians standoff in Waco, Texas. Wow. This resulted in 81 deaths, oh, including sh- their leader, yeah. David Kor- Koresh. Koresh? Whatever that guy's. Is that the the 
drinking Kool-Aid people? No. No, it's not. No, no, no. Yeah, it's You're not. thinking of the Jonestown Massacre. That, yeah, you're right. Jamestown? This is, this is Jonestown. Yeah, Branch Davidians. So that happened. You also had a couple natural disasters. You had the quote-unquote storm of the century strikes the eastern seaboard, blizzard conditions and severe weather. Killed 300 people. Jesus. Um, it feels like we have storms of the century every few months now. 93 does sound like 2017. Massive flooding along the Mississippi and Missouri rivers kills 50 people. Wow. You know, compared to that truck bomb, Jake, that like... These are all beating it out. Yeah. And then you had... This is maybe the most shameful of all. President Clinton signs Don't Ask, Don't Tell into law, which prohibits openly gay or bisexual people from serving in the military. Doesn't seem like something Bill Clinton would do. It does, though, because Clinton... Was like pretty close to being a centrist mm. politically, that, yeah. And at the time, how crazy is it how far we've come in that way politically? Where at the time that was like, yeah, good idea, right, right, crazy, really weird. So yeah, not a great year. If Twitter was around then, you'd have a lot of thoughts and prayers for those natural disasters. You'd have a lot of outrage over this. I mean, tr- Trump-like, don't ask, don't tell policy. We're getting into the range now where a lot of friends of the pod were born in this year. True. Big friend of the pod, Kevin. Big friend of the pod, Cam. But, again, yeah, historically, not a great year. No. I just don't want to shit no. on it because if it didn't happen, we wouldn't have some friends. True. So big shout to you guys. True. True. So that was 93, episode 93. Let's dive into Hot Thoughts, Jake. And I think we're going to talk about uh, a politically charged viral video. Yeah, we sure are. That came out. So if you don't know what I'm talking about, it's Eminem's Donald Trump freestyle that he performed at the BET Awards that recently happened. Is it was that, like is a, that correct? It was like a video that was pre-filmed, right. and I think they ran it at the BET mm. Awards. Mm. And basically, if you haven't already seen it, it it's like four minutes. Yeah. You should go out and watch it, because it actually it, it's pretty interesting. And I actually want to jump in with like an initial thing, which is... What are your thoughts on Eminem in general? Because I feel like we haven't discussed Eminem on the podcast no. before. No, so I've never really been a a, a a huge fan. I've never really like listened to any of his albums or anything. I just I know songs here and there, like the big songs by him, and I've always generally liked him. And I think as I've gotten older, I've realized that he has insane rapping chops. He does, yeah. And I think the thing with Eminem for me is like as a kid, I was always afraid of Eminem because my mom. You know, I think there's there's some validity to it. She bought into the, you know, the media's hype about how bad he was, and I think he was really shocking when he when he sort of came to to prominence. And so I was always I was like, oh Eminem, I know he's really bad. Like mm. the stuff he says is really violent. It's yep. really aggressive. Um, and it seems like the older I get, the more I realize like actually Eminem is awesome, and you know he's just this insane creative force. Mm. Especially with his wordplay, he's like actually like a freak of yeah. nature in terms of how he can bend words and rhyme and think on his feet in that way. Um, and again, like I have not uh, delved into his catalog in any meaningful way. I haven't even listened to. I think it's Marshall Mathers LP that's considered his best. Or is it Slim Shady? I think it's Marshall Mathers. I think it's Marshall Mathers, yeah. Um, And, I mean, I think the others are supposed to be good. But I always... I'm at a point now where with Eminem where I just, like, I respect him. Yeah, me too. And I always look forward to if there's something he's going to be doing... Right. I'll watch it. And when I heard he was, like, slamming Trump in this freestyle, I knew that was going to be worth watching because... It, I knew it would be clever. I knew it would be vicious because mm. I don't. It's interesting. I don't think anyone 
can be quite as aggressive as a rapper as Eminem. No, no, no. And what's so interesting too about Eminem is the discuss- the issue of race too. Is like he's this white rapper, and it's something that black rappers will talk about, like Kendrick Lamar, and I think is it Fifty Cent or others. Like they'll they'll basically come out and be like, you know, even if I didn't want to respect him, I couldn't not right. Respect Eminem because right. he is just you can't like games got to respect games. Sort yeah, of. exactly, exactly. Yeah, and that has always been the thing with me too, where it's it's a respect, it's a deep respect more than it is I'm a, a fan or a stan, if you will, Jake. Ah. That's where that comes from. Is, there you is go, Eminem. Um, but yeah, it's always been more of like a deep respect. And when I, I saw this, I was like, oh yeah, I gotta I gotta check this out. Let me ask you this about freestyle rapping. It, fascinates me because it looks so hard to do and Eminem is so good at it. He had a couple strings of, of verses he was putting together or was like he had to have thought of this beforehand, right? But That's part of what I wondered where I think rappers, when you've been rapping for so long, I think you fall back on certain little cadences, certain mm. little rhythms and mm-hmm. like runs and you have this, especially Eminem, but I think I assume like Kendrick or some of the best freestylers out there have almost like a Rolodex of working rhymes. Yeah. And they're so practiced yeah. that they know if like if I go this way, if I go to orange at the end of this about Trump, I know that in the next line I can go here, I can go there. Right, and right. I just got to find that route. That and connection. it's all about thinking yeah. quick on your feet. Yeah. But I wondered the same thing because some of these lines are really clever and really quick and biting. And I wondered as well about like was this in fact all freestyle or did he pre-plan some of it? I want to say no. I th- I want to say it's all freestyle, just off the cuff, which makes it way more impressive, and I think speaks to the talent that he has doing that. Have you ever seen Eight Mile? I have not seen it all the way through. I've seen parts on TV, but like much like you, when I was a kid, my parents were very protective of me listening to to Eminem. Like, ooh, that's Slim Shady. You know, we're not listening to that. You know, I I haven't um I have not seen Eight Mile. No. I, I would love to actually because yeah. it's actually supposed to be a good movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, did you have favorite parts of this freestyle? One of mine that jumps to mind immediately is when he um was making fun of Trump supporters and like seamlessly went into this southern accent yes. and, and rapped in this southern yeah. accent about immigrants for yeah. like part of the yeah. part of one line. I thought that was really that clever. that was great too. Um. There were, it's hard for me to pick out yeah. certain lines or parts or anything, but there were some that honestly gave me goosebumps because I was like, you're speaking about this stuff in such a smart, clever way that is being seen by a ton of people who maybe wouldn't have thought of this stuff otherwise or or have thought of Eminem as being a voice for this stuff. And I think once people like Eminem or some of these other rappers or artists who maybe you wouldn't always associate with being directly political start to verbalize some of this stuff, that's when you're going to get this groundswell of people being like, oh, yeah, some of this stuff is fucked up. Like, well, maybe what, we need to pay more attention to this. What's really interesting about it, too, is um, it's like he says in the line that he's drawing a line in the sand. And he openly says in it, he's like, if you're my fan and you're a supporter of him... I'll make it easier for you. Fuck you. Right. He's just like, that's it. Right. And it's really interesting that Trump has brought this out of people, that we have a president who is so intensely divisive and so uh, vitriolic Mm -hmm. in the the shit he spews Mm -hmm. that you have people willing to use their platform and like take a rip and like this openly shit on the president. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking back to Bush 
And the best thing I can think of that's anywhere close and it's not as close is Kanye West during right. Katrina saying George Bush doesn't care about black people and uh, the Dixie chick saying something about Bush. Right. But even then, and that was a politically charged time, I feel like even that doesn't hold a candle close. to stuff like this. And this is just the beginning. It, yeah, We're not even a year in. Right. And everything turns into a political conversation or takes a political slant now, seemingly. NFL, you know, the anthem protests, everything is looked at under this microscope. It is so divisive. There, there's so many, everyone's taking a side. Like if you look at anyone's Twitter replies about almost anything, you're going to find people in there arguing for one side or the other. It's, it's, it's exhausting, actually. Yeah, it really is. And um, I think stuff like this is sort of a result of that because mm. there's so much of it that I think to a certain point, artists like Eminem or like any number of artists feel like they almost can't stay silent or they have right. to express it in some way. Right. And it's definitely already starting to come out in, in people's art. Um, this was really interesting. And I, I, I would say that it was a, a story that like weirdly, I think how I reacted to it was I saw... You know, I don't spend a lot of time thinking about Eminem. Right. But when I saw there was this diss track, this freestyle rap about Eminem, and it went viral, and it people were going nuts about it, I was really excited about it because I was like, this, like, we need this person to say everything we've been feeling with the amount of anger yes. and the amount of power he can yeah. do it, um, in, in a way that a lot of us can't possibly. Yep. Articulate it like at the end where he, where I forget what he was saying, but he was basically just like, "We fucking hate Trump" yeah. <laughs> or something. I was like, "Yeah, we do." Yeah. yeah, right. And like that's the thing is like it, it's something everyone can not everyone right, but people who are of a like mind can get really strongly behind. It's interesting because you can make the argument if you're a Trump supporter, you'd be like, "Well, what does this do to fix the divisiveness?" Because I, you know, I mean, like, how does this actually help the fact that the country is divided right now? Because that's what we all hear about constantly right. is that we're the country's more divided than ever, which I think is in some ways a fallacy. I, I maybe true. If, no, I, I think it feels that way. It does feel that way, but I think that there is there tends to be a recency bias. Like, okay, true. Th- nothing has happened like Trump before. Right. Certainly not. But there have been periods of time where. You know, racism has been just as charged or worse, and there are you know issues oh, like sure, that have divided sure. the country. But I don't know that it has ever permeated the culture and non-political things like it has now. And maybe that's a, a product of the internet and social media and things being the way that they are already. That everything is just kind of oversaturated to begin with. But like, for example, we multiple times on our music podcast have referenced and talked about Trump and the yeah. political climate that, that we're in right now. And I don't know that, that when Obama was, was president, I was just like, say. that wasn't, we didn't do that ever. Yeah, I was going to say, how many times did we name drop Obama? Never. And it's, again, and this is not to say by any stretch that Obama was a perfect president or that he did everything right. I won't lie and say I'm not more politically aligned with him because I am. But uh, the point is he was someone who was at least on the surface more stable and right. less likely to like, you know, Maybe cause World War Three tomorrow, right, right? With North Korea or with Iran, and there was this. I, I went for days without thinking about Obama, yeah, or, right. or that like the president was doing anything. You know, I was like, oh, he's got it. He's doing his thing now. I, I there's like this thing in the back of my head. I'm like, well, what's gonna happen today? Like, is it gonna be nuclear war today of yeah. all day? Like. Who knows? And like that's in the back of your head a little bit. It certainly is. And and uh, 
yeah, it's tough to get away from. Um, and yeah, I mean, something I've been thinking about is the fact that like, if we did go to war with North Korea, theoretically, like, what if it was a big enough war that they had to bring conscription back and like the draft was God. a thing? Yeah, I'm serious. No, people yeah, are talking yeah. about that. Yeah, that could it's, really happen. I, it's scary. It is. It is scary, and I think this actually doesn't make me feel any better. But I think it would just be a true nuclear war, and it would just be over with a few missile strikes. And yeah, maybe. That, well, it's not like that's we, not like a, a, a comforting thought, but no. well, you know, on, it's not like on either side we have people who are who are anything less than unhinged holding the trigger, <laughs> right? Um, so that went off the rails, but how could it not when you have? Yeah, this, I mean, that's what Eminem was rapping all about in this freestyle, man. Yeah. It's like it it really is getting to the point where I think people are starting to wonder, like, how long can this possibly go? I know. I how know. long can it go? I, I keep waiting for some. Dusex Machina to come along and just remove him from like this Russia thing to yeah. to like catch fire and get him impeached or something. I just keep waiting for something to be like, oh, this was kind of all a joke and like it's yeah. over now. Well, and what is the craziest thing is that people are like, well, he'll just get impeached. It's like, no, it's not that easy, right? Right. And I think what a lot of people are coming to grip because people will say stuff like, oh, it won't last longer than this term, or he won't even make it through the term. I think he will. I think I think it's looking that way. I don't think he'll be reelected, but I think I he'll make it through not. four years. I, yeah, I, really I no, th- I, I think he will too. I think he will. Yeah, um, and I don't see it getting better. No, um, no, and neither does Eminem because Eminem. No, he, yeah, it was pretty pissed off. He, so Eminem, Eminem knows what's going on. We yeah. pissed off. <laughs> yeah, and if, yeah. if honestly, listeners, you owe it to yourself to check it out. Um, and if you disagree with Eminem. Uh, you probably don't like our podcast. <laughs> you probably didn't enjoy the last few minutes of content. No, no. but I'm gonna just not apologize for that. No, because like, no, I'm not either. Yeah, I'm not either. Because I don't that. know. I feel like this is a actually like a pretty big crossroad in the country. I think so too. Yeah, it actually, it, in, yeah. in more ways than people are willing to grapple with on a daily basis. Yeah, and I think a big part of this is we can't afford to not have an opinion on this stuff. And I think that's kind of what you're seeing and why you see people's Twitter replies so so divisive is because people are mad one way or the other and they're letting people know it. And I think being kind of silent and complacent is maybe not the best way to go. So really quick, you know what I think is a really interesting thing? I'm looking at the lyrics right now and there's a stretch of lyrics where he runs from, there's one part where he goes... Tiki torches in hand for the soldier that's black. And he's talking about how, like, basically the crux of what he's saying is, like, there's these, there are people in this country who are black and who are as just as good a citizen and have done maybe more than some white people. And they're being told to, quote, go back to Africa. And there are racists still after them. And then he's like, but if you're a black athlete, you try to use your platform. Yep. You get uh, you get told uh, you know, you're spitting in the face of vets who fought for us, you bastards. That's mm-hmm. what he says, and it's like, dude, so true. Yep, that was one of my favorite little stretches stanzas. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> stanzas. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, it was really good. I, I, I highly recommend checking that out. Listeners, um, what do you think, man? But it's, honestly, this is a thing where it's like it's not getting better. No, and it's hard. It's getting it, way it, worse. It's really, really hard to talk about it in any way where it doesn't just become this sort of spiral down to yeah. like we might be in trouble. Right. 
Right. Um, right. So let us know what you think. Yeah, let us know. Um, let's talk about a couple albums quickly yep. that came out last week. I, I want to touch on Wolf Parade really quickly. Yes. Their new album, Cry, Cry, Cry. I did end up listening. You by did. The way. Okay. One okay. time. Okay. Nice. Um, it is. Their first album since I believe was it 2011, 2010, something around you there. You know better than me. Yeah, um, and they did. They did have an EP come out last year when they kind of got back together, which I really liked. I've been listening to this, and as a big Wolf Parade fan, I was very excited for this album to come out. And it's a good album. It's a solid indie rock album that draws on a lot of the same stuff that they were doing on some of their best records, like. Mount Zoomer and uh, Queen, Queen Mary. Mary. It it feels a little Wolf Parade by the numbers, and it's good. But I, I have to say, I'm, I'm mildly disappointed by it. Like, there's nothing. Like, I listened again today. I was like, oh, this is all enjoyable. Yeah, it just doesn't reach those highs that I think it does on on the other album. There's like a there's almost a little spark missing from. From the songs. Maybe that's age. Who knows? Maybe yeah. it's just you lose that creative drive a little bit or they need to rediscover it with another album. As someone who is, um, who has dabbled, who has sort of uh, messed with Wolf Parade a little yeah. bit in a much more casual way, all I would add um, is that I, I think I would agree. If I were on the level that you are as a Wolf Parade fan, I think I would agree. And I would say that after one listen, I listened today, and and again, I think it falls into that category of like it's definitely competent. And if you really like Wolf Parade, you're gonna like a good oh, handful yeah. of these songs. Oh, yeah. And actually, I, through the first five six tracks, I was like, I'm really enjoying a lot of these songs. Yeah. And, and I wouldn't say that the back half was bad by any stretch, but I started to lose interest a little bit. Mm. Um, and that you know, if I were gonna really get into it, that would probably change with more listens. But I think the takeaway is. This is not the place to start with Wolf Parade. No, and that's, by what, any and, and that's what I wanted to say in this is if you're new to them or you've only listened to Queen Mary before, don't don't listen to this album. Yeah. Go back and keep listening to Queen Mary. Listen to Mount Zoomer. Listen to Expo '86. I think it is. Listen to all of those before this. Not to say it's bad though. And to your point about the back half losing a little steam. Today's list, I would have agreed with you, and then I had today's list, and I was like, oh, you know what? Songs like Am I, Am I an Alien Here or King of Piss yeah. and Paper, like, I was like, oh, those are actually really good songs. Yeah, I'm having this weird thing, and maybe it's just going to be, it's going to take me more listens, where I'm like, there's little pieces of all of these that I really like. Is that King one, the one where he's like, the King's coming down the fucking hall? Yeah, or whatever? yeah, I really yeah, like yeah, that song. That's, yeah, I gotta be honest, yeah. I, I like that, and, and uh, what was the other one you just brought up? Uh, Am I an Alien I here? like that one, too. And so here's, here's what I'm finding with this album, too, is... The the Spencer Krug songs are much stronger oh, are than the the Dan songs on here. Interesting, and, and you can tell uh, Spencer has like the more like uh, less grit in his voice. It's like that more like flighty Ooh. voice. Yeah. yeah, it's like a little pitchy, it, not pitchier, but it, it 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 sounds like it's on the verge of going out of control. Right at any point, and that's what I love about his songs. Though is yep. they have that on the brink of out of control feel to them. He's got his keyboards going and the live show is actually really cool because he would do this thing. He's playing his keyboards and sometimes he'd be sitting down and playing and then other times he'd be like standing up and he'd be doing this thing with his little stool where he would just be like playing with it like with his foot. 
Oh, like really? he would bend his leg back and just be like rocking it back and forth. I was uh-huh. mesmerized by it when I saw him at Boston Calling. That's I was like, awesome. Spencer is the dude in this band. Really? Okay. Uh, I, I like on the whole his songs better. Dan's songs are more of like straightforward, just rock songs. You got that grittier voice, and some if you're in the mood for that, they're fucking awesome. Yeah. But I'm just always a little more drawn to the Spencer songs, and I think Spencer is bringing the the stronger stuff to the table here that's than Dan might be. Yeah, that's always an interesting um, thing in bands where there are two principal songwriters mm. where you can kind of break down, like, it's sort of like, is this more of a John or a Paul album? And right. I think that's the case with this, or like uh, even the Menzingers or a band oh, like 100%. that. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah. Um, so that's an interesting uh, dynamic for sure. Yeah. I, I honestly, I think I probably will listen to it more, and I I just still have to have my big wolf parade phase. Like I've always, I've dabbled, I've always enjoyed what I've heard, and I just haven't hit that button that says, "All right, now go if, all the way." In. If you just keep listening to. Queen Mary, and then especially Mount Zoomer. Mount Zoomer actually really is the one that unlocks Wolf Parade. Okay. Because you can just, for a while, all I listened to was Apologies to the Queen Mary. And I was like, yeah, I like this. And for whatever reason, I just didn't go and listen to the other stuff. Right. Finally got into Mount Zoomer, not this past summer, the summer before. And it's all I listened to for a period of weeks. And it yeah. was like, that's the Wolf Parade, Wolf Parade album. Is it a better you know? album than Queen Mary? No, it's not technically better it's more wolf parade if that makes sense i know what you mean there are albums where like even if it's not their best if you're a fan of the band you can enjoy it just as much if not more in some ways yeah like kissing the beehive is one of the highlights on that album it's like 11 minutes long it's the last song on the album there's something about that that so that was written by both spencer and dan together they both have their own parts on it that they sing that's really cool and the 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 dynamic between Spencer's keyboards and Dan's guitars are just interwoven yeah. and and playing off of each other and through each other and they're weaving this awesome blend of 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 rock music and that's a song I point to where it's like this might not be as good of a song as something like I'll Believe in Anything or Modern World or any of the songs from the first record, but it's the most Wolf Parade song. And they're doing the thing that only Wolf Parade can do yeah. the best on a right. song like that. And there's a couple other ones on there. Uh, and I hope this makes sense to people who have listened and are like, fuck yeah, like Kissing the Beehive. That's a great, great I think song. that makes sense because I think you can kind of intuit that if you are way into other bands because there are things where it's like, a band has their best album or their most popular album, and then there's almost like the album that's their most them album. Right, right. You know what I mean? And right. it's really, really good, and it's like maybe – like, I don't know. I think for Zeppelin, maybe that's like Houses or yeah, – or, or, yeah. or like they're trying the most right, stuff. They're maybe right. not their best songs, right. but if you love Zeppelin, yep. you're going to love this album. Yep. It, it's not you, – you could really never call it their best. Right. But if you're a Zeppelin fan, maybe it's your favorite. Exactly, exactly. In, in bands that have – bigger discographies usually that's easier to do what's yeah. so interesting about wolf parade is they've been a band now for over 10 years yeah they, this is only their fourth album they've had a couple eps here it's really interesting so it is yeah. interesting to already be like oh i can point to zoomer as being the one that's like this vibe about them yeah and queen mary is the one that is like their big like consensus best album it's so interesting because i feel like they've packed in a career's worth of of songwriting and and stuff just into like even those first three albums. Huh. I, I I think the thing about Cry 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 is 
I don't know if they needed to come out with this album. I think they wanted to get back together and and play some shows and and write music together, but I I don't know that they needed to do that. What I'm rooting for for this is that this conversation ends up being the seed of you ending up really loving this album. I I hope that happens. Like when I walk home, I'm going to listen to it, and I'm actually already excited to be like, "Ooh, I can't wait to hear that song in that yeah, one." That might be what gets me, you know, well, really even, into this. Even just now, you bringing up that like the King in the Hall or whatever the yeah. fuck that song is called. I was King like, of "Piss and Paper." I was like, yeah. "Oh, I really like yeah, that song. Cool I would kind of like to hear that yeah, song again." Yeah, that was a cool line in that, or there was a cool little uh, lick they were doing there. So yeah, I, I can see that. So do you want to transition to? Um, from an indie sort of stalwart mm-hmm. uh, band with an established career with a lot behind them to someone who's just getting their start yes. in Alex Leahy. Yes. Alex Leahy, she is uh, Australian? Oh, yeah, I think, I think she's so. Australian. So, she's a song called Perth Traumatic okay. Stress Disorder. Okay. It's I all about Perth. that is required if you are an Australian band or artist you have to reference Perth or some other city yeah. in Australia in some way or if you're Justin Vernon or that too <laughs> so right off the bat this reminded me of Camp Cope and yeah, yeah. of uh, Courtney Barnett in a way but like much I think more immediately catchy oh my than God, either yeah. of those two so here's the thing I this is a very enjoyable immediate catchy album it's almost so catchy yeah. and immediate. You only have to listen to it like once or twice to be like, I get, I get exactly what this album is about, and I almost don't need to listen anymore. And I've done exactly that. I've listened twice, and I think what I the range of emotions I feel on this are like, yeah, I can really get into this. That's about as good as I get. Where right. I'm like, I really like this song. Yep. I think what she's doing is really melodically cool, and like it's super catchy, if not maybe a little simple. Mm. And then I swing all the way to like old man Jake, where I'm like. This really like I'm. And this is actually a bigger discussion. I'm starting to hit a point. I'm starting to get frustrated with overly youthful rock music. Oh no! How bad is oh, that? No. I start to get. You know what it is? Is like I've, I've listened to so much of I like know. really young people doing their first album, where I'm like, ah, like, yeah. like is this youth, youthful enthusiasm? Right. Like, oh no. I don't You're know. too young for that, Jake. Yeah, I know. I think I am. <laughs> You're too young but for I, that. But I feel it, though, where I'm like, I, these some of this stuff she's singing about, like, she'll have a, a deeper perspective in five years. Yeah. Yeah. How old I, is she? Do you know? Uh, she's probably our age. I don't know. 25? Maybe maybe younger? Who knows? You know what it Who comes knows? down to? is just, I'm too serious. Yeah. That's really all it is. Yeah, and and there's not to say that there's not some interesting lyrics on this. No, there's some really cool lyrics. There's some great melodies on here, too. So the songs that really stand out to me, the first track on here, Every Day is the Weekend, I think is the best song on it. It's so catchy. That is the one I would encourage listeners to go check out. I kind of like Every Day is the Weekend. Backpack's good. It's all right. Backpack's good. I really like Love You, I Love You Like a Brother. That's a cool song because that one seems to be. not the most surface level. All these other ones are, seem to be very surface level yeah. pop rock songs. This one's about like I'm assuming her s- sister who is maybe a lesbian. And oh, I don't know. That's what I took away from. Well, it. And the thing is, is like this is what I wanted to get into. Is like part of what happens with me with the cynicism thing is like that is another song that uses that chord progression of. I love you like a brother. Just da da da. It's like it's like how many times am I gonna hear? 
this repackaged yeah. as, as like the new thing. Right. And it's like, well, I've heard this riff before. <laughs> that's a one four five progression. I've heard it a million fucking times. <laughs> and again, that's such a shit on Alex Leahy. I actually like that song. Yeah. But I can't help there's a part of my brain that is constantly like like fucking ruining me. No, and I know what you mean. It's a fair point, and it's why I say it's so immediate on the first listen, you almost don't have to listen yeah. more because you've, you've heard it before. You've already listened to this brand new album a thousand times before yeah. in your life. So yeah, I, I know what you mean. And the other one that I really like too is I haven't been taking care of myself, uh, kind of a self-care uh, anthem there, which which is really nice uh, as well. So th- those are my highlights. Very very catchy. I, I like all of those. I think, and I'm looking at titles. I think the two times I've listened, what I sort of do is when I'm listening to an album, if I'm liking a song, I'll look at what the song title is yeah. to stow it away. One I've done that w- with twice, and I can't remember how it goes right now, but is Lotto in Reverse. Oh yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The two times I've listened to that, I've been like, "Ooh, what's this song?" Right. I like it, and I, I just want to. It emphasize that I, I don't mean to in any way belittle what she's doing in terms of songwriting. I think she's doing interesting stuff and it's really catchy and it's not easy just to do it. No. Just because it's simple doesn't mean it's easy and I'm not trying to diminish that. I think what it comes down to is when you listen to a ton of music all the time it's like you know, how many times can you hear this same kind of right. thing and I don't mean to take it out on her as an artist. It, it really is a bigger trend mm-hmm. where I'm like okay like I know what this is. Mm-hmm. I know what they're doing with this mm-hmm. song and maybe... It really the issue is like I've discovered that part of music already, right? Where there might be some a young person who's like getting into new music right now, and like that's the song that's that hammers shit. that yeah, home for them right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's no problem with yeah. that, and I don't mean to say there is. So, I, and I think there's an element too of relating to some of the lyrics. I think that could be what gives people their biggest enjoyment out of it. Is like, oh, I can relate to some of these lyrics, and there are some on here too where I'm like, oh yeah, like that. That I can relate to that, and that's why I like the song. And I did think that that set that song and some of the others apart, where I think that there is some sort of in the vein of like a Camp Cope or Courtney oh, Barnett, 100%. something about something about those Aussies, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Aussie women, they're clever. Yeah, they've got like a perspective. Wordsmith. Yeah, yeah they are. Yeah, absolutely. And they, they like they're they're funny. Absolutely. Naturally funny. Um, so I feel like another thing we wanted to talk about. Sean hinted at it earlier. Is it feels like the last month. Maybe it's just us. Maybe this is what the question is. Is it just us? Or has the last sort of month-ish or so in music been a little disappointing? I think it has been, with the exception of The World is a Beautiful Place. Which is amazing. I listened twice today. That album is so fucking good, man. It really is. That's going to rank very highly at the end of the year. And I I didn't expect that when I first listened, my first few times through. I I was like, oh, this is good, not as good as Harmlessness. And I was like, yeah, it's solid. And now I'm like, whoa, this is like as good as Harmlessness. And in a whole other way. In a totally different way. And it's really interesting what they're doing stylistically. And I was thinking earlier that it's like, you know, we're not going to talk at length about the world is today, but it's almost like I wish we could. Yeah. Because, you know, not that it's only us stopping us. <laughs> right, but, right. But, I mean, like in an episode, if we, if we just did an episode and talked about it, I feel like sometimes we should... Maybe wait, be, <laughs> not even just wait, but be willing to talk a little bit about it the next week. I agree with like, you. On like, that. how's it sitting a weekend? Yeah, I agree. Listeners, I agree would you with be that. would you be receptive to an idea like that, or would that be too too repetitive? Yeah, yeah, that, yeah let us know. Let us know because uh, getting back to your original point, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the, this fall, especially the last month, 
has been a little disappointing in terms of new releases coming out. And to be fair to Fall, we're still relatively early in. We, we are, and we still have stuff coming. We still have St. Vincent coming. We still have new Julian Baker coming. Yeah, dude. So, and, and the Julian Baker stuff, from what I've heard, sounds great. And uh, the reviews on the St. Vincent album so are, far are absolutely she's critical crazy. darling. Yeah, she absolutely. Is. Um, but there have been a couple albums where, and again, I, I hate to like just shit on an artist after one listen. I certainly don't mean to do that, but... Like, I tried listening to that new Torres album, Three Fortunes. Yeah. I tried listening to the new Proto Martyr album, mm. uh, Relatives in Descent. And just like the, it, both of them, it was just sort of a slog to get through. I wasn't really feeling it with Torres, I think, it, or Torres. Yeah. Something to do with the way she delivers things vocally. Mm. I don't love the way she sings Got on this. Eight on Pitchfork. Too. I know. It, no, I it's have, getting good reviews. I've People are loving it. I've never been more out of sync. With Pitchfork and their reviews, than I than I am right now. Like they really seem to be having an agenda more than any than any time before it. Yeah, or their agendas just passed us by or, in some yeah, way. Or like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's past like, our interests. Uh, that new best new music, that Kalia or Kalea album yeah. or whatever that came out recently. Right. Uh, like I just didn't listen to that. And then there's like there's another thing that came out too that I'm just like ah I'm not I don't feel like forcing listens to these albums that I just. Yeah. I don't think I'm going to enjoy Tours was another one where like you said, yeah, I wasn't really enjoying it. Proto Martyr 2. It's like I know I'm forcing it with those albums. I'm just not going to do it. And that's something I said at the beginning of the year and have revisited throughout, where I'm like, I don't enjoy when I do that. And as the year has has gone by, I've gotten way better at just being like, nope, not listening to that, and I don't care. Yeah, and I'll, I'll I'll usually do like I'll give it one listen, and then I think if I'm not into it, I'm fine with saying no thanks. Right. Um. But yeah, it's been like another one that comes to mind is that Zola Jesus album or whatever. Yeah, you call that's a good example. Yeah, Zola Jesus. I, I never checked that out. Either. I listened once and I was like, that's okay. Like it's yeah. fine. And there's been there just hasn't been a lot yet to sink our teeth into. And you know what? Maybe this this part of the segment. It's just a little too early because it might be like we just got to let it breathe a little bit. Yeah. And next week we get hit with St. Vincent and uh, what was the other one you mentioned? Julian Baker. Julian Baker. Like what? What's interesting is traditionally the way that the year goes is September is one of the biggest release months along with May. That's o- kind of why I brought it up. October has a couple bigger ones trickle in, nothing huge, and then. Yeah. Almost November, December, things just kind of shut down. Almost, you, you're gonna get what one or two in November, or maybe one in December, where people are like, "I don't give a fuck about end of the year lists. I don't care. I'm just putting it out, and it's great." But we're winding down for the year, and our what is going to be on our end of the year lists have probably just already come out at this point. Yeah, and in in December, you'll get, like, the D'Angelo, right. Black, Black Vanguard, yeah, or you'll yeah, get yeah. Uh, Run the Jewels so late that it just gets included on this year's list. Exactly. Um, yeah, I so I think, I don't know, I'm interested in what listeners think. Has it been a little disappointing lately? I just have felt... Or are we missing stuff? We might be missing stuff. I've also felt a bit of a vacuum, and you know what it is, too, is, like, I really just want to listen to The National. I really just I want to listen to The World Is. I know. I really want to be listening to those records. Yep. Those are they're really big ones for me, and I've been very into them. And you know what has been another one? Kamasi Washington. Yeah, that's been really good. That's been it. really good too. It's really really fucking good. Yeah, and the shit we so talked about last week, to. where he on Truth, the last track, he brings all the motifs in yes. and does one big song with all of this stuff returning. It's yep. true, and it's like awesome. it's really interesting. Awesome. I think that's what it is. Is like maybe it hasn't been weak. Maybe it's just there's a few really good ones, and, and that's and, where you spend your time. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Could and, be. 
Yeah, so let us know if we're missing anything. Uh, another thing for me, too, is I've been listening to just, like, a lot of ambient music. Yeah. Because, honestly, if I'm not doing a listen of one of those big, big albums that I'm loving, I'm just like, I don't want to listen to music with words right now. Especially I just want to listen to ambient. Yeah. Especially at work or if you're doing anything that requires focus or yeah. attention. Um, uh, yeah, I actually saw you on Spotify listening to Apollo, and I was like, yep, I'm going to listen yeah. to Apollo right now. Dude, I love it's that so album. Good. And that album is so good. Before or after that, I listened to Zero by Aphex Twin. And like, yeah, that's the dude. kind of shit I've been more feeling lately. That Aphex Twin EP that came out a couple years ago is really good. Is the that... Cheetah EP last year? Yeah, uh, no. Or did that come out this year? No, the, no not the Cheetah. That was last year. Uh, not the Cheetah EP, the one before it. Was that Zero? I think it was. Is that a full album or is that just an EP? Oh, oh no, I'm thinking of that one. It was like it had a really long title. It had a black oh, cover. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what yeah, I'm talking yeah, about? I know what you're talking about. I actually yeah, really yeah. liked that record. Yeah, yeah. Um, Aphex has got some cool stuff. Have you listened to uh, Ambient, Selected Ambient Works Volume 2? Um, it's I, long, but I there's good so. stuff on I there. I think I have. Um, if I haven't, then I've listened to a fair amount of it. I also listened to uh, some uh, Boards of Canada. Yeah, Boards. I like Boards yep. of Canada. Yeah. Um, so, listeners... Harold us, Budd, too, dude, has been huge. I've been listening to The Pearl a lot, and it's fucking amazing. i got to get more into The Pearl. I also want to listen... Dude, there's a song that kicks it off just called Late October, what? and I'm like, that's my shit. You know what's you know? funny about, about Harold, like any of those albums with Eno or Harold Budd or Cluster or any of those sort of... Uh, I think another is Robert Fripp. Like, any of these dudes who collaborated together and made amazing mm. ambient records... I've listened to some of them a lot and legitimately forget which ones I've listened to. Oh, yeah. Because it is, like, it is truly an ambient album and there's not... There are calling cards of each. Like, I know when I'm listening to Apollo, there's these certain sounds, yep. like on the first track, uh, what is it, an Ascent or whatever. Yeah. You can tell there's little calling cards in terms of the tone. There's but, that nice guitar later yes, on. I forget what song, but... You just reminded me that I want to go back to... What was that album that came out this year? That oh, was the, oh, the ambient balsams, Chuck Johnson. Yes. Yeah, that's a good one. I want to yeah. revisit that. Yep, that's good stuff. Um, so yeah, listeners, let us know if we've become boring <laughs> old men. I said we're like all in on this ambient music while we shun Alex Leahy and and again, I'm like, like I'm her. actually liking Alex Leahy oh, and plan to listen me some too. more. But I said in the span of the last ten minutes that I am too old for young person <laughs> rock music, which is not true. And I just, if you catch me in the uh, wrong mood, that's what I'm going to say. Yeah. And then rambled incoherently <laughs> about how much I love ambient music. Yeah. Because I can yep. shut my brain off to but it. That's what I like about it. That's what I like about it's it. It's amazing. It's yeah. really good. If you can get in a mood for ambient, like, I, it's it's worth getting into it, it dude. Is. Like, in Eno is an endless just oh. wealth. Of that shit. That guy's a genius. Like, just put, close your eyes and pick an album, and it's going to be good by him. And, like, he doesn't get talked about. Not really. Unless Not you're really having a yet. conversation about, about right. ambient music. Right, right. Or if maybe you're talking about Roxy music. Right. Um, and, and as much as I like Another Green World, and I've enjoyed, like, Tiger Mountain and, and those other albums. Give me Eno. the ambient Eno all day, every day yeah. over any of that stuff. All day, every day. And, like, he's a great producer, too. Great rock producer. Yeah, like, man. he's worked with Coldplay forever now. Well, and and, and, and uh, produced Low by Bowie. Exactly, yeah. So Which a, is a fantastic you know, album. A, a true genius. Yeah. A he, true genius. Eno does not get enough respect. And he doesn't get enough respect for when he had hair looking like Elrond. From Lord that of the Rings. That is so true. People do forget that. People do, because that it's is, not really anything worth remembering. But yeah, I figured so I'd bring it up. So true. So we wanted to do a quick Mount Rushmore 
Speaking of months, yeah, we wanted to do a Mount Rushmore of our favorite months of the year. Yeah, because to be honest, we're sort of, I think we're running out of Mount Rushmore music ideas. <laughs> I know we really because are. It's, yeah. been, it's been scraping the bottom of the barrel, <laughs> yeah. dude. We've yeah. we've we've resorted to Sean's and Jake's, and now we're up to months. Listen, <laughs> send you, us ideas. Yeah, if you have Mount Rushmore ideas, by all by all means, yeah. send them. Um, so here's my Mount Rushmore of months. I've got October is my favorite month yeah. by far. Yeah. It's just like I think it has something to do with growing up in New England, or has everything to do with that. The right. weather's just it perfect. Yeah. It's like sixties, fifties, cool breeze. The trees are turning. Everything about October I love. Uh, September I have in mind too because it's it's the sort of you're getting the beginnings of October. I'm starting to feel that relief from summer, which is the biggest deal for me. Yeah, it's really just the idea that there are still going to be some hot days in September. But you start to get about half the month, you get this, you're like, ooh, this is what we're in for for a little mm-hmm. while, and I, I love this. I need this cooler weather. Uh, May, which is on the other side of the spectrum, basically just shit around summer. Like, not quite summer, but almost there is what I love. So May is in my Mount Rushmore. And then uh, I have December, because um, it's the best part of winter. And yeah. I actually really love the Christmas season. It's I a sentimental too. thing to I, say, I do too. but that's, yeah. that's the bottom line. That's, yeah. that's a big reason why I like it. So we almost have the exact same Mount Rushmore. I, I also have October, an undeniable best month of the year if you live in the area that we do. Uh, I also have December for the Christmas stuff. I also have May because it's maybe technically the best weather you're going to get all year. It's not brutally hot yet. It's not humid yet. It's just nice weather. And... The big difference that I've realized this year more than any other, it's lighter way later in May, more than you realize. Yeah. May, it's it's light out until like almost nine o'clock in May. Oh, dude, because you're approaching June and yeah. the summer solstice. Like, yeah. It's lighter in May than it is in like parts of July and August. And it's it throws you. And I didn't realize that until this year. And the one downside of October or, or these these fall months is it gets dark pretty fucking early now. It does get dark early. I'll take the weather every day. Oh, though. me too. And so in the interest of being contrarian and just not having the same exact one as you, I switched out September for November. Yep. Here's the reason why. people November gets a bum rap. People are like, oh, it's basically winter. It's not. Because I saw, big shout out to Kevin. He had a great tweet that I've been thinking about for a couple years now. He said, I think we can just move the calendar one month ahead now, and it would be it, it'd be what the seasons should be. I agree. September now is basically just August, yeah. and October is basically September. November is sneaky October now. Here's what happens with November, though. There's like late November. This is why I didn't include it. I love November, too. I mean, a person whose Mount Rushmore includes both October <laughs> and December... I mean, you should, right. I mean, November. It's odd that I have May in there because you think November would fit in the bill. I think November. Uh, you can't. You can't uh, sneeze at Thanksgiving. Dude, I was gonna say, catch me on the right year. Thanksgiving, I like better than Christmas. But here's what it is, Sean. This is the, the distinction I made between September and November. November is for me, for my money, like October, but darker, drearier, and more gray. Yeah. And just like getting colder it, to the point where it's it's maybe a little too cold. Sometimes. And all the leaves are gone. The trees are bare. It's kind of a depressing month, but I almost like wallowing in that a little bit. It is depressing. And and, and the thing about September that I like is that you got more light. Yeah. You can still do some summery stuff. Right. And it's like it's it nicer out. Also, you start getting the much needed reprieve from summer weather. 
Right. That's the thing for me. And, and again, I said November to just kind as a of contrarian uh, as a contrarian take. Um, September, I probably do like better too, but I November doesn't get enough credit. No, it doesn't. Here, I actually I respect the hell out of you giving it some love. Uh, really quick, worst month of the year. My money's on January and July in terms of just weather. I hate. I go February because shorter. It's shorter. The, uh, that's Jan- the only thing that January is worse for because again, this theory of let's just shift the months by one month. February is now the worst part of the winter. February's the new January. Yeah, you're right, but it, like January and, and you and you've already felt like you've dealt with a lot of the winter. You're yeah. like, oh, we're through January. The worst is over. It's not true. February ends up being the worst. That's what's worse about if you live in an area where there is a winter. Um, you get through the Christmas season and you get to January, February, and both are such a fucking drag because they're so cold. And you're right. In February, the past couple years here in New Hampshire, I don't know how it's been in other areas that have bad winters, but we've gotten the worst snow. Killed. It, at the tail end of January and the beginning of February, we've gotten yep. slammed. Absolutely killed. I, I'm depressed just thinking about February. Yeah, me too. I it, can usually, I get through January okay. And then I'm to February and I'm like, what the fuck? You, to be honest with you, March is not great either. No, it's not. It's March is low on the list as Mar- well. March will be down there. And I, I personally go July, August low too. Yeah. I go low too. Lo- and yeah. pe- that's a big time half, thing yeah. that people don't agree with. No. Because like even on, I was listening to Bill Burr's podcast today and he was talking about summer. And he's like, hey, this global warming stuff's pretty good. <laughs> he's like, we got more summer. He's like, enjoy this perfect part of global warming like before it gets too bad. And I was like, dude, I, like it's I just, already too bad. Yeah, I was like, I disagree with you. I, I, I don't like summer. No, I always want it to be done. Yeah, me too. Because I too. just like run hot and I'm uncomfortable at all times in summer. One hundred percent. That ended up being one of our best Mount Rushmore debates or conversations we've had. Yeah. So maybe we're onto something with this arbitrary topic picking. I mean, it's what the part of my take guys do. They just I, pick true. whatever true. and do a Mount Rushmore of it. Big so. shout to them. Uh, kind of taking our idea. Yeah, I think they kind of uh, <laughs> robbed us blind on that one. Let's do, Jake, a quick show and tell oh, about yeah, yeah, yeah. the national concert that we went to in Boston That's last right. week. Saw them at the Wang Theater. Uh, my thoughts on this. They're an amazing live band. My amazing. Call. Yeah. They deliver so well. Listeners, if you recall last week before when we previewed this, I said I didn't feel like going. Yeah. That kind of maintained that entire day. I was like, <laughs> I don't want to go to this. They made it so worth it. They did. They really, really did. Um, the song selection, impeccable, as always. They played deep cuts that I've never heard before. Lemon World. Sun, like you Sun said. Sun from the first album. Green Gloves, which doesn't get played very often. Secret Meeting. Dude, I, I the ones I was most excited about out of that list you just gave are Secret Meeting and uh, Lemon World. Yeah. I love both those songs. Um, and I was talking to you after the show, and I remember saying, because I've seen The National fewer times than you. I think actually before this, I'd only seen them once, mm. and it's when we went to the Barclays Center in, in Brooklyn. And I actually lucked out. I ended up with like pretty damn good seats at this yeah. show. I was down in the in the orchestra level and I had the situation where I was in you know how like in any grouping of seats there will be sections like there will be the first major section of seats yeah. and then there's a little like sort of a yes. hallway for people yes. to pass through like that goes horizontal through yes. the seats. 
I was in the second section, but in the second row of that section. Oh, so it yeah. was like there's this good buffer oh, zone yeah. between it's any people and you. Yep. Also had the benefit of having the person to my right never showed up. Oh, Whoever was supposed to be in the seat next to me never came. The best. Same situation with the seats in front of me. No one was in oh, that seat. Oh, my God. And the person who was in the seat right in front of me had to be legitimately four foot eleven. That all of those scenarios you just laid out make a show better. Because they I make it better. I gotta be honest with you, I don't think I've ever gotten anywhere close that lucky before. Yeah. I'm always behind someone like tall or weirdly. Mm. I'm not a, like a short no, person, no. but I'm not I'm not crazy tall, so it's right. not hard for me to find someone who's taller. Right. And it, that always ends up happening. Dude, it was such such fun watching Matt Berninger oh, yeah. at this show go into the crowd. And what I realize is that when you go see the national you're seeing two shows. One, you're seeing the songs they pick and like, ooh, what are they going to play from Boxer? What might they right. play from Sad Songs? What are they going to play from uh, High Violet and Alligator? And you're also there to see the show of how fucked up and drunk and probably high Matt Berninger can get. He's hilarious. He and is. he was doing shit that was so fun to watch. Like He was doing the thing where he came into the crowd a bunch of times. I thought maybe he'd come close to me. He never did. Yep. But he also was at different points pouring glasses, like big red Solo cups full of wine and handing it to people in the front row. <laughs> At one point, he went up and had his bottle of wine and put a stack of red Solo cups on it, what I think was presumably a new bottle of wine, <laughs> right. and just gave it to someone to like divvy out amongst the crowd. That's the kind of shit he'll do. He, he is so funny up there because... He does get progressively drunker. He'll start forgetting lyrics like he did on a few songs. Because he's mixing weed with wine, dude. <laughs> That's right. He'll be up there, like, balancing on the drum kit and, like, maybe falling off. And, like, bowling <laughs> a wine bottle off the stage. Yeah, exactly. So he is a riot to watch. He goes into the crowd, does his thing there. Um, like I said, just a great live band. Tight. Very, very tight, very professional, but also with a looseness at the same time still. That all pretty much all comes from Matt. Yeah, yeah. Because Matt's the one who's most likely to fuck up. Right, right. Which is funny because he is probably, uh, like, he has to remember words. Right. But not playing an instrument, you'd well, think. that's he, big, yeah. Like, that's that makes your life a little easier. And, and he actually still messes up a fair amount. <laughs> he does. He'll, he like, does. forget words. They he straight does. up started turtleneck over. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Uh, the other thing that was really interesting, I thought, was it seemed like they started out the show with a lot of Sleep Well Beast songs. Yes. Almost to get them out of the way, to be like, all right, we're going to play this block. Because I think it's it's smart to do that. Because once you start playing Blood Buzz, once you start playing Don't Swallow the Cap and some of these other songs, it's a little deflating to then be like, all right, we're now going to play like... Guilty Party well, or think, Empire Line. It's like, all right, the fans want like those big, big songs the for fact, the most part. And the fact that this new album is so subtle and right. so like soft and quiet, um, I would say they sounded great live. It didn't bring the same energy as no, some of those well, other songs. Because you can't help it. And, and I think a product <laughs> of that is it's still a new album. Exactly. And it's two There's factors. people who aren't like us who devour a new album and know it like the back of their hand. By the time they go see them a month later, there's people who are like, oh, yeah, I like Day I Die and I like System Only Dreams and Total Dark. Other than that, they're like, oh, I, I don't know. I haven't like dove in yet that much. And it was kind of the same thing with the songs from Trouble Will Find Me. Now you got everybody loving those songs. Like, yeah. uh, I Need My Girl. Like, when they played that live, they got the biggest round. Big, oh, my God. People, people lost their minds for that song. And when they first played that, 
on the the Trouble Will Find Me tour when it came out, not as big of a, a response to it. So it just it takes a little time, especially with the Nationals music. It's interesting to me that I Need My Girl has become like the song for them. It's weird. It is their. I think it's their most popular song. I think it is, and it's not even close. To one of my favorites. No, it's not either for me. It's like it's a great song, and that should just go to say how, right. like, how good their catalog right. is, how strong it is. But it's it's not in my top three or five, even on that album. No, 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 no me neither. Me neither. Um, so you know, we're kind of cultured, and we have sort of uh, you know a contrarian pick. So <laughs> subversive. So put that in your pipe and smoke it. Uh, did you have a favorite song they played? Uh yeah. Um... Don't swallow the cap. For some every time that yeah. song's fucking awesome. That was great. Blood Buzz is amazing. It, um, it, the thing is, is like I want to say Blood Buzz too, in some ways because it's like that it's, energy that the I, crowd brings. I almost want to avoid saying it, but there's some propulsion that goes on in that song that you just it's the can't. drums. It's the drums. It's the drums, and it's also the swell of the way the horns yeah. and the way the guitar yep. sort of drone works in that. Yep. It's this constant like like yeah. rise. Going on with that, it's like a plane taking off. That song, it it would probably be Blood Buzz for the ones that are like maybe newer songs that they played. Uh, System, System Only Dream, like that. Seeing that guitar solo was, was awesome. It was great. Uh, I was also uh, I I was loving Secret Meeting. Yeah, uh, Secret Meeting too secret for meeting. One, for like deeper cut Secret Meeting yeah. for sure. For sure. Um, biggest disappointment for me was not getting I'll Still Destroy You. Yeah. Out of all the songs yeah. they played yeah. off of uh, Sleep Well Beast, I really would have liked to have seen I'll Still Destroy You. I think that's my favorite song on the new album. <sighs> yeah, that was a, the biggest disappointment for, for me too, I think. Uh, also interesting to note that, oh shit, there was another one that I was really surprised they didn't play that's just like a staple of their shows that I'm blanking on oh, right oh, now. Oh, Squall of Victoria? Yeah, they didn't play that, and they didn't play... Um, they usually do Vanderlyle as like a sing-along yeah, kind of. Close they up. Maybe they're they turning into Lee Fine. I them. think they kind of have to. And and I actually, I'm happy they did that, because I've seen them like four or five times now. And I remember the last time I saw them, I think it was at the last Boston Calling they were at, I was like, I wish they'd switch up this set list a little, because I've heard these songs in like the same order so many times. I could almost be like, oh, this is coming next. Yeah. And I really like that this time around... We got a big batch of new songs. I think they're consciously doing that. It is totally different. And they're great to see live because the band is tight and Matt is like, well, loose actually in like all the best yeah. ways. Yeah. Dude, uh, Brian Devendorf is one of my favorite drummers so in the So good. And I've said so it before, good. I fucking love the way that dude yep. plays. He's actually like kind of an inventive drummer. Mm. You don't hear a lot of people use their full complement of drums in as interesting but a tasteful yes. a way as he does. He really plays some pretty technical, almost flashy drum beats, and almost always they complement the song, which is which is quite an accomplishment because national songs, especially on the new album, are pretty sparse. Yes, where it's like the guitar is is doing something sometimes technical, but not. It doesn't sound flashy. It doesn't sound super full or in your face. He'll play beats that would fit right in a metal song. <laughs> yeah. But he that, makes yeah, it yeah. work for this context. Right, right, right. And it's really interesting what that guy does. So cool. If you get the chance to see this band live, I highly recommend you do. Honestly, at this point, most of their tour is probably just sold out because our tickets sold out really quick. But if you can somehow get tickets, go see them. They're so worth it. Uh, I really enjoyed the show. Any Anything else? Yeah. A uh, couple quick recommendations of the week from me. Uh, one... 
is uh, I've been with uh, with Mary Kate, big friend of the pod. We've been cycling through songs from Blonde by Frank so Ocean. So good. That album is fucking awesome, man. So good. Like I'm all I've always in the mood for songs on that album. Uh, whether it's um, solo or whether it's self control or um, white Ferrari or the song right before self control, which names escapes me right now, I can't remember. That album's so good. Frank Ocean is is like is a gem. Yeah, I, I love one hundred percent that this dude is like around making music. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other one going pretty hard the other direction uh, is poppy songs written by Ozzy Osbourne. I have been like what, like Crazy Train? No, I'm talking about like the poppy, almost like radio friendly version of Ozzy. Not that that's not, but I mean like right. true pop, like Goodbye to Romance, Mama I'm Coming Home. Uh, have you heard those songs? I before? don't think I have. We heard Mama I'm Coming Home on the radio the other day. Uh, again, it was Mary Kate and I were driving, and Mama I'm Coming Home came on, and I was like, Ozzy has a great voice, and I started yeah. going into this whole thing about how I love Ozzy Osbourne's voice, and it's really interesting. She was like, Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't really like care about Ozzy, dude. Like, <laughs> maybe reel it in. Are these Ozzy solo songs? Those two are Goodbye okay. to Romance and Mama I'm Coming Home are solo songs. Goodbye to Romance is on Blizzard of Oz, oh, which has Crazy Train and Mister Crowley okay. and a bunch of songs you you uh, probably know by Ozzy. Suicide Solution is on that sure. hour. Uh, Mama, I'm coming home. Is from an album I've never heard. It's I think from the '90s. Uh, no more tears is okay. the album it's on. Okay. I was looking this up. Wow, this I did not think we were gonna get into like an Aussie conversation. This, this has been all over the place. The other one is Changes, which is not. Yeah, a, a, yes, I know that's a great song. Not yeah. a solo Aussie song. Sabbath but it's song, on right? Sabbath Volume Four. Right. Um, I gotta be honest, man. Like I, I think Aussie. It, it, he's a clown, so it's easy to make fun of him. He's a real talent, though. Yeah. Like, like. And I think people don't talk about him because of all the shit, the Osbournes and all the stuff he's done. Right. Dude, like Sabbath broke a lot of new ground and Ozzy is a really, really talented songwriter with an amazing like ear for melody. Yeah. And I think he has a really good voice. And it's something that I thought was interesting, and this is the last thing I'll say, I swear, <laughs> is I was reading on Spotify Ozzy Osbourne's page. Yeah. The whoever wrote his like profile was like he doesn't have a great voice, but makes up for it with his like ear for melody. And I was like, are you fucking kidding? Interesting. me? Interesting. Ozzy has like, I mean, I guess it's not Freddie Mercury, but it, right. it's it's maybe one of the most recognizable rock yeah. voices of yeah, all time. Yeah, yeah, I would there's, agree. There's a tone to his voice that no one else has. Uh, yeah, undeniable. Yeah, maybe you need to rewrite some of these bios on Spotify to be more accurate. Spotify hit me up. I mean, because the people yeah. you got doing it are fucking hacks. They, yeah, these are these are halfwits. Yeah, seriously. Uh, I, I My recommendations of the week are just those ambient albums that we just talked about. That's kind of what I've been listening to outside of any of the new stuff. Yeah, so if you want to run the full gamut, you basically you start with Ozzy. Jesus, yeah. You start with Ozzy, and then you work your way to Frank, and yep. by that point you're already ready for ambient. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Because yeah, you're yeah. listening to basically an ambient album. Oh, right. Um, cool. An That's eclectic episode for us. Yeah, dude. Uh, a varied bunch. Very, very much. Uh, so we will be back next week. Let us know about uh, some of the things we talked about earlier. Yeah. We always love to hear from Atlas you. and then Pod. See you next week. Thanks, everybody. Yes. So, as you know, Sean, 
Tomorrow is Paul Pierce's birthday. Oh, God. How are you going to hold it in your heart? Uh, I already told you this past weekend what I was going to do. How are you going to honor him? What did I even say in the car? You just said, like, I won't talk about it again after this. <laughs> and that's how I'll do it. Yeah, and you betrayed that, so now I can't I mean, honor him. Hey, man, the captain and the truth. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the Washington Post came out with their top 100 NBA players ranking today. Of all time? Or no, no, no. Current? current current NBA. I I disagree with them a lot. I think their top five Tell me about it. I don't even was, know was accurate. It was LeBron at number one, KD at two, Kawhi at three, Steph Curry four, uh, and I think James Harden or Russell Westbrook was five. It was Westbrook was five, Harden was six. <laughs> Let me quickly ask you this: What do you think was the highest Steph got? Like two for a couple of years? I think was... I think that second MVP year, right before he got hurt, a lot of people just had him at one. Yeah, because I think that year LeBron was struggling a little bit. Yeah, and was he took that like two weeks off or whatever to go to Miami, and Steph was killing it every night. Strangely, still won the championship, right? Over yeah, Steph. yeah, yeah. So I think right before the playoffs started, um, like when they were seventy three and nine, I think people were like Steph. Steph's what, number one. What's disappointing too, and I'll let you get back to your main point about the fact that Durant went to the Warriors, is that we'll never get transcendent Steph again. No, we because, won't. Because dude, the 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 full season. That seventy three and nine season, that Steph Curry was playing basketball on a level that, like, I think people will forget how I know absolutely amazing it, it was. Every night there was another highlight or, or thing on Twitter where it's like, "Whoa, Steph Curry fire flame emojis." Because he know? was in this zone where he just like you knew, like yep. he was in one of these special all time yep. zones that a player gets into yep. for whatever their position yep. is, and it it's. Where he was hitting like game winners from half court, yeah. and like you were like, "Yup, yeah." You're like, "Oh yeah, sure." Of like, course. Dude, I, I think the, the pinnacle of that was when they played the Thunder in the regular season. Thunder were up big on them, and they came all the way back. And Steph ended up hitting like a fifty footer to tie the game and send it to overtime or win it. I don't remember. I think it, I don't remember which one it was, but I remember watching that game. That was to this day the most fun NBA game I've ever watched. I loved every second of it. That was peak. NBA that I have ever seen was that game. Yeah, I mean that, that Warriors team. What? No, I forget. Was that that was the team we saw play the Celtics? Yeah, it was. They we, were on that winning streak. See that? You know what really pisses me the fuck off is that they lost that championship, dude. I know. It really bums me. I out. know. Me too. Almost honestly, like in the same way, but not obviously as bad. But in the same way, it bums me out that the Pats didn't go nineteen and zero because it's like well, it's like the same thing. It's like all time yeah. best regular season record. Couldn't finish it, which really sucks. And, I was rooting for them so hard in that and finals. Dude, they were up three one. They're <laughs> three to one. How do you blow that? That people do. Ask the Yankees, 3-0. Yeah, true, true. But getting back to this point, first of all, the, yeah, the fact that Steph's four now feels at the same time both too low and too high. Does that make sense? It does because it's like it, – it, it does because on one level you can't help but be like, well, respect what he could be if Durant right. weren't in the picture. But on the other hand, it's like, well, but you got to prove it. Right. And if Durant's there, you don't need to. And he did still have a great year last year. He did, but it's in a quieter way. Exactly. And that's the thing. is, like with Durant on the team, like you basically – they took one of the best teams of all time and added one of the other top five best players in the league to it. Right. And so it's like it just balances out more. And Durant is more the type of player where if like you're both on the team, he's going to do the shit that really impresses right. people. Whereas like before, the way the team was configured, Curry had to do it. Exactly. 
And, exactly. And like, because exactly. the team was good around that's, him. That's yeah. That's a great point. So what the the my big issue with this is actually where Kawhi, no, not Kawhi, Kyrie is ranked. Can I guess where they yeah. put him? Yeah. Like sixteenth. No. Okay. Twenty fifth. I think he's twenty nine. Really. And one spot behind him is Isaiah Thomas. Fascinating. It felt like a big time slight of Kawhi. They had Gordon Hayward like thirteen spots higher. They had him at like seventeen. Just gut feeling. Uh, Kyrie feels like a better player than Hayward. Yeah. But again, I mean, it's not like I've watched many Jazz games. So. Right. True. Yeah. So that felt weird. That felt like the biggest outlier. Interesting list. You should check it out. They saw they had Ben Simmons at ninety nine when he hasn't played a a. Single snap has played a snap <laughs> has played a down. Yeah. Um, anyways, interesting list. NBA is coming back next week. I think, dude. I, I'm, I'm excited. fucking pumped for yeah. this season. I can't I'm wait. So what I love about the NBA is like it's like it. There's so many games. It's like always kind of on. Mm. You can kind of pop it on. Yeah. It'll be on ESPN yep. on a weekday. Yep. And uh, and there's more good games than in fucking football. You know what would actually be fun? What's that? That we could maybe get some other NBA fans doing is a wins pool where you basically pick like five teams or you like draft teams basically and whoever has the most total wins at the end of the season wins Simmons talks or whatever Simmons talks about doing the uh, wins pool with football yeah it always sounds interesting to me and like you what you draft a certain number of teams however it splits evenly so like each of us would have depending on how many so if there were four of us each of us would have what seven Seven teams so like if we could ideally get Five or six people. Yeah. Each we would have either seven. five or six teams. Yeah. We should try and do that. I bet Who do you think would go number I, one? It would be the it would be the oh, Warriors. Warriors for sure. And then number two, you'd have to think would be. It's tougher this year. It's Rockets. I, I think it would be whoever you think is going to be second in the, the West. West. Is it Houston? I think it could be Houston. That's probably who people think it's going to be. Right. So that's, that's would... where it gets interesting. It's like okay, well, Warriors are the clear number one. Well, who's number two? Because you could end up. Fucking that pick up. People we are down on San Antonio too. They, oh, they are. And that could be a good like value pick for mm-hmm. you. Maybe you get them in the second round or something like that. <laughs> this is ex- we're, we're doing this. I'll do it. You, me, I bet Josh will be in on this. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk. To, I bet Mitch would. We'll talk. To, we'll get the wins pool going. What do you think is the max number of people you could realistically do? Like probably like 10. It would have to be a situation where how many there are, teams thir- there are 30 teams. 30 teams. Nice even number. Dude, it, you'd be. You'd have to snake draft it, I'd assume. Oh, right? absolutely snake draft. Because if you're 10th, yeah. you get what? The 10th and 11th? Like, that's good value right there. But if right. you're, honestly, if you're first, so you get the Warriors and then you get what? Like, the Bucks or something? Something like that, yeah. Some Probably like, worse. Middle of the road, East team. Yeah, yeah. Pro- actually, probably worse. Or, yeah, yeah. Because you got to think, like, playoff teams, there's eight right. each. So that's 16. You're probably getting like the Pistons or something 20th. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. I don't think we'll get 10 people who care enough about no, the no, NBA, no, no, no. but no. I think ideal would be five or six. Yeah, Josh, I think, would be in. Mitch would be in. Yep. Logan doesn't care enough about basketball. Um, Matt? Matt might. Because he's like excited about about NBA this year because of Kyrie and the Celtics and everything. He, Hayward. He'd, he'd probably be in. Dude, I'm excited to watch he'd the probably, Celtics. I am too. They went 4-0 in the preseason. They'd be a good pick in the, in the wins pool. I think they'd be a good one. They, they'll go top five. It'd be fun to just have them too. That's like picking Brady yeah. for your fantasy team. Dude, and you know what's funny about that? And I know it's not fun to listen to people talk about their fantasy teams, <laughs> but 
Like, I have three, which is a fucking mistake. Yeah. yeah and I, I yeah. vow to myself I'll never do yeah. it again. Last year, I was, I was because I was up to four two years ago. Yikes. And last year, I, like, another friend, big friend of the pod, Spencer, was like, hey, man, like, want to join my league? And I was like, dude, I have to draw a line in the sand. <laughs> right. I was like, I need to cut it like down M&M. to three. Dude, yeah. I'm yeah. drawing in the sand a, a line. line. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, man, I, I think that. Honestly, I got to cut it down to one or two. Oh yeah, because it's yeah. It, it, what happens is like, I, and this is what happened. I was talking to a, a guy at work who I'm in a work league with, and I was like, I was like, yeah, man, fantasy's not going great. I'm two and three, and he was like, oh well, like who do you have on your team? I was like, I don't know. I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah. I don't know. I know I have Deshaun Watson. <laughs> I, I'm like, I know I picked him up, and that's it. And we were looking through, and, and but yeah, anyways, like picking Brady was great, and and you know what. Even though that's the the league where I like drafted the worst yeah. in terms of like how you're supposed to do it and yeah. everything I know about drafting, I'm four and one. That's that's why fantasy's so fucking dumb. Yeah, it is. It you is. know, like it's all it's a crapshoot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this wins pool would be cool. Um, I'm gonna let's do it. I'm gonna see if there's a system that does it. I'm sure like CBS or Yahoo or one of these probably does it. If not, it'd be easy to keep track of too yeah. in like a, a phone note section or something. Yeah. So I'll, I'll, I'll send a text out to people and see if they want to do that. Maybe if there's a big friend of the pod Maybe there's in. a listener out there who wants in. We can coordinate this on Twitter, at ListenInPod. Yeah, so. and, and you can just give us your email if you're a big enough sports fan. True, If true. we have enough crossover between music fanatics and sports yeah. fanatics. That's right. Sean. <laughs> yeah. You mean like right, dude? Okay, like why are you saying it that way? Um, you ready to dive in? I got my U.S. history timeline up here. Yeah, we covered Paul Pierce, so So that checked off your list. That's it. Okay. Oh, oh, I'm looking at a work uh, Google Doc right now. Let me get the hell out of that. Good. Um, yeah, I'm good. Okay. Ninety-three. Not a year you hear a lot about in history. It's interesting because there's there's stuff. There's stuff. I already know one thing you're going to say. Uh, of course you do. <laughs> we don't even need to say what no. it is and we know. No, yeah. Any, and anyone who knows me knows what I'm thinking right. of. And we're just going to leave it until I won't even say no, it. Because no. I know exactly yeah. what it is. Yeah. And it'll be, uh, I hope we don't laugh. <laughs> we're not going to laugh. Because out of context, it'll seem weird it'll that seem we're laughing. Yeah. Uh, okay. Let's, let's dive in here. Okay. Let's dive in. Okay. All right, three, two, one. 